What's going on, everyone? Alex Terrace here with another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. And as always, we got to talk about Knicks this week. And we had an interesting week, to say the least, when it started off with the Clippers. We had two games against the Bulls. We saw us play Portland. And then today, because we're recording at 349, uh, we just witnessed, I guess, a dog shit game between the New York Knicks <laughs> and the Miami Heat. Uh, there's no better way to put it. And... We're going to have to get into it, all right? And, and to do that with us today, we got Brendan Campbell, a contributor of the Knicks Wall. So we're going to break down what we saw this past week. We're going to discuss the trade rumors, obviously, that are flying around. It seems like Derrick Rose is coming back to the New York Knicks. Um, we'll talk about other trades that are out there that are also being discussed, with whether it's Juanzo Ball and, and so forth. And then we'll then wrap it up with what we predict is going to happen for this upcoming slate of games. But then John... What do we got for et cetera, bud? Well, for et cetera, we usually um, do NBA news and um, games around the league. Today we'll talk about our thoughts on the NBA All-Star game, um, whether we should have it or not, and uh, how we feel about that. And then we'll talk about uh, the TNT uh, Tuesday games as usual. This week it's uh, Rockets, Pellies, and uh, Jazz, Boston. Awesome, awesome. All right, let's get into this. Ricey, you know what to do, my guy. What's going on, everyone? Another Knicks episode of the Knicks, Jets, etc. podcast. Alex Jeteris here. I'm with me, as always, my buddy, my co-host, my pal, the man with the plan, the dude who's about to try and ship Alfred Payton somewhere else, maybe to the rocket, maybe to the moon. Who the hell? Get this man <laughs> off the team. And what are we doing with Austin Rivers, man? I don't even know anymore. I don't even know why he's on this team. <laughs> yeah, Alex can't even do an intro today. He's just so mad about dude, the heat. <laughs> I, what's going on? <laughs> what's up, everyone? Um, uh, I mean, <laughs> I, I like Peyton. He's fine. I don't, um, okay. Well, l- let's just let's just start off with this. We have breaking news. As soon as literally, as soon as we hit the record button, uh, Woj tweeted that the trade is official. We got D Rose to New York for Dennis Smith Jr. and a 2021 second round pick, which is from Charlotte. Okay, breaking news <laughs> on the podcast as we record. John breaking it for us. John is the mini woes on this podcast. I love it. I love it. I love it. So it's official. Derek Rose is now a New York Nick once again. And with us today, John, to help break all of this down, mention his name at the top of the key. We got Brendan Campbell, contributor to the Knicks wall. What's going on, Brendan? What's up, Alex? Definitely an interesting time to be a Knicks, a Knicks fan. <laughs> Breaking news, weird games. It's good to be on, though. I appreciate you guys having me. Thank you for coming on, man. We want, we're talking about getting you on. I'm happy that you're here. Uh, phenomenal writer for the Knicks wall. Really love the stuff that you do. Um, and we're going to talk about one of your pieces recently. Talk about the defense that we witnessed today, which was keeping us in this game. But then offense was, you know how it is. It comes and goes <laughs> like the wind, like the wind. But everyone, how, <laughs> before, before we, before we start breaking down this Derek Rose news, how's everyone doing? John, how are you feeling? Brendan, how are you feeling? I'm, Whoever wants to go first, <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm good. I'm. I'm uh, it's Super Bowl Sunday. For listening to this, um, th- that part's already over, so I'm. I'm hyped for that. Um, we have some. We have some uh, NBA 
some interesting stuff happening, man, with like KD and COVID. We got this NBA All-Star game nonsense. And in the thick of it all, the Knicks are actually playing pretty decent basketball, which is a surprise of the century. So honestly, man, I'm, I'm doing pretty okay, uh, <laughs> all things considered. How you doing, man? Uh, it's yeah. all weird, man. It's all weird. <laughs> it's definitely a, a bizarre time in the NBA. I'm doing good otherwise, just trying to beat the snow on the East Coast, getting racked out here. But other than that, <laughs> yeah. I can't complain, man. Yeah, totally. I'm trying to beat the snow, too. I'm looking outside, and I already see that we're getting like half a foot up here. Um, this is just disgusting. Uh, <laughs> not Not great whatsoever, and not great that I have to go clean it. So... Thanks for nothing, Mother Nature. Thanks for nothing. But, guys, as everyone was just talking about, it's weird being a Knicks fan this year in the sense that we're actually – because we, we've seen this team be so incompetent over the years, and now they're actually playing well regardless of the loss today. They're still doing well. They're 11-14. and 14. Um, I don't even know what to make of this at this point. It's just I, I, I'm happy that the Knicks are doing well. You know things are going – are, are going in a good direction when you have uh, beat reporters like Stefan Bondi who are who are saying Tom Thibodeau should be in the running for coach of the year. So New York beat being happy. Frank Isola tweeting good things about the New York Knicks. What a time to be alive, gentlemen. What a time to be alive. And now <laughs> let's 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 finally get into this. John broke it down. John broke it for us. Derek Rose is now a New York Nick again. I thought we were actually have to go into this and talk about what would this trade mean if this happened, but now we can actually talk about what this trade means. So, curveball thrown our way, and Brendan, since you're our guest, let's start it off with you. What do you think about Derrick Rose coming back with the New York Knicks? Definitely a little bit surprising um, that this is the route they chose to go. Obviously, the you know the D Rose connections are there, having been the youngest MVP in league history when he played for Tom Thibodeau in Detroit. I'm sorry, excuse me, in Chicago before hurting his knee. But I'm, I'm interested that for two reasons. A, the Knicks were able to get away with exclusively DSJ in the second rounder, relatively low cost. I mean, DSJ had, had fallen out of the rotation a while ago. He's just not been himself over the past two seasons or what we're used to certainly um, in his, in his first two seasons in the league. But that was that was an interesting compensation that Detroit was willing to part with D-Rose. Definitely a big part of their team. They are pretty much, I think, just kind of selling the season at this point. Uh, already in last in the league. Uh, you know, very little promise. Um, by far, uh, you know, one of the teams that's struggling the most in the NBA. But the other reason I'm interested in it is how is D-Rose going to fit in on the roster? Is this a upgrade over Austin Rivers. I don't foresee him taking Alfred Payton's spot. Um, I'm not sure he brings a ton to the table that Payton wouldn't, despite, you know, how Knicks fans are very <laughs> eager to get him out of the rotation <laughs> at any means possible. Um, but Rose, you know, only averaging two more points per game than Payton this year, shooting a little better on threes and free throws, but, you know, still uh, 33% on threes, nothing spectacular. So I, I'm, I'm interested to see how he's going to fit in in New York. I think the most likely outcome is that he is going to be competing for Austin Rivers minutes and maybe slotting in with the second unit um, as Rivers is, has struggled as of late as well. And, uh, you know, I'm eager to see his spot in the rotation adjusted a little bit, but I'm not sure that Rose is really the answer. You know, he's the second heaviest isolation player on the Pistons so far this season behind only Jeremy Grant. 
I don't really think he lends himself well to the kind of style the second unit has been playing, which has been incredibly effective recently, especially, you know, quickly kind of leading the charge there. I'm not sure we want to see Rose come in and, and throw that off, but um, definitely interested to see how it's going to play out. Kind of a bizarre time for the trade as well. So interesting stuff. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think it is an interesting time for the trade uh, for it to happen right now. I know Well, we saw that Ian Begley, he wrote not too long ago that the team was going to reevaluate the roster 15 to 20 games in. And now that we're past that point, we see that the evaluation is that we need like this is the this is the this is the ageless uh, like issue with the New York Knicks that John will have tattooed on his forehead. Uh, we don't have a point guard and we need a point guard. Now, Derrick Rose is a, is a slight upgrade over Alfred Payton. He's a, a better scorer than Payton. Um, defensively, I'm not really, like, he's okay. He's not the, like, I actually, I would actually give it more to Payton on the defensive end than I give it to Derrick Rose. But the thing that we do need is offense on this team, which is just, as we saw today against Miami, like, on the end of a back-to-back, a game that was so close that came down to guys being tired and missed shots. Um, we need offense, and at least Derrick Rose brings that. I think, you know, I won't go – I'll save my thoughts for Derrick Rose last of where I think he's going to fit in. So, John, where do you think what, – what do you think about the Derrick Rose trade as well before we really, like, start putting this all together? Yeah, uh, I – you know, I, I think there is definitely a lot to talk about um, – as Brendan and you mentioned about the rotation. So we'll definitely get into that. Um, but just on the trade, Ian Begley, uh, as you mentioned, did also talk about how earlier rumors where Frank was a part of this trade. Yep. And then um, actually yesterday he came out and talked about how Kevin Knox, how the Knicks were unwilling to uh, get rid of Kevin Knox in this deal. So um, all those things considered, when when you when you – when you think about the Knicks second round picks, I remember uh, me and you talking in the offseason about how many second round picks we had and how we're just simply not going to draft them. You know what I mean? Like, we, we're, like we're simply not going. And this is what they're for, for silly deals like this. So um, the timing is not that off because D-Rose kind of fell out of the rotation in Detroit. And at the same time, Dennis Smith Jr. is begging to go play in Westchester. That's how bad he's out of the rotation in New York. So... I mean, when you consider the compensation, um, it's, it's the the timing is not that curious. Um, they're both gonna they're both uh, free agents at the end of this year. Now we have D Rose early bird rights, um, and now the Knicks have fifteen million dollars left on their cap this year. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's fine. I, I just think it's so funny that we have D Rose, Taj Gibson. Oh, we have Joakim Noah on the <laughs> on like the. Oh, you're doing <laughs> like, this, are you? It's just hilarious. Uh, like, I mean, like it's it, at this point, it's it's hard not to see it. So it's just fun. He's just bringing in his guys. It's cool. It kind of reminds me of like a football thing. This is like what football teams do. Like they bring in like special teams guys that are just their boys or like backup guards. <laughs> you know what I mean? To just hang out and like I feel like that's what the Knicks are doing now. So like, I kind of dig it. Like, I, I like it. I don't. I don't need D Rose to be like the the starting number one point guard, like you know, all star. He could just. He's fine. We have early bird rights on him. We have nothing to lose. There was no chance we were going to sign DSJ, and there was no chance we were going to you know draft all those second round picks. So, I'm I'm good with it. Uh, but I'm curious as to how he's going to fit in the rotation. I, I, I in regards to like Peyton. I don't want to say Austin Rivers because I feel like it's kind of early, but he does have a really nice contract. Um, and Alfred Payton, as we know, is a free agent. So 
I know, like, the Nick fans, <laughs> it, it, it's like we're, we're in this, like, weird place where at one point we're talking about how Tibbs should be coach of the year, and in the next minute we're, like, complaining about minutes. So, I, like, I, I guess I guess when it comes to, like, minutes, I, I think in rotation, I think we're kind of, like, putting on, like, we're putting Peyton and, and Austin Rivers in, like, a kind of, like, a, a showcase where, like, here, give them some minutes. I mean, Austin Rivers is kind of falling out of the rotation, but at least Peyton, here's some minutes, here's what he can do. Like, you know, New Orleans, take him. But we'll talk, we'll, we'll talk, we'll talk about uh, trade situations later. Yeah, man. Um, I, 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 I can get with that on you know, featuring some of these guys like Alfred Payton and whatnot. And, you know, I think let's, let's now let's dive into it now, actually. Let's let's really get into the whole where is Derek, where do we see Derek Rose sliding in at this point? Um, I don't see him st- cracking. I mean, it definitely could. I don't see him cracking the rotation immediately. Um, I think that as much as we dislike seeing Alfred Payton and, you know, like I get why Tibbs plays him. He's not the best. He's not the most optimal player in that lineup of course if you throw quickly in there who can shoot it starts to space the floor and that's what you really want for the team you want to create space so that way it's easy to get buckets especially when your rookie is demanding double teams that we saw today and yesterday like they're they're attacking him right and and now it's just waiting for some another guy to be open if he can get it to someone else um so we 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 know that makes sense we see it. We understand how that makes sense. I think that, and because of just how stubborn Thibodeau is, I think that we're not going to see Peyton come out of the rotation that quick yet. I think it's going to be a few games before we see Derrick Rose slide into the starting lineup because, as Brendan already alluded to, like Derrick Rose is a little bit better of a shooter, uh, just reading off some of the statistics, than Alfred Peyton. And I think that would like kind of help. Um, I think that would kind of, I think that would help. For the starting rotation with the New York Knicks, I don't think I don't think uh, Tibbs is going to be that quick to throw quickly into the starting rotation. And I don't think Payne's going to be that. Uh, I don't think Payne's going to be that quickly tossed out of the rotation. I could see it. I could see Derrick Rose taking Austin uh, Rivers minutes. I could see him taking Rivers minutes. Rivers is just playing like, there's, for a lack of a better word, dog shit um, for the past couple of days. Like, <laughs> just very no man, it, and it is what it is. Like he had the last good game that he had was against Cleveland, where he had 13 or 16 points, and since then he's just been MIA. He's get, passing up like good open looks. Like today, he missed. He had two chances today to either hit a three, drive in, had a clear shot for a mid range. Pass it up to Alfred Payton, who then also passed up a mid-range to go drive into traffic. So Austin Rivers' shot selection is questionable. He just doesn't have a feel for the game right now. I think it's just something he needs to work out. Honestly, I think he should get benched for a little bit until he figures it out in practice and like earns his way back into the rotation. But this is going back to how stubborn Thibodeau is and just the guys he's going to trust and who he's going to play. So I could I could see Rivers falling out for Derrick Rose because Tibbs has a stronger connection with Derrick Rose. Um, I think the one concern everyone has is for Emmanuel quickly. Does Emmanuel quickly start losing minutes? I don't think he's going to lose minutes. I think quickly has shown that he's too valuable to not give him minutes because he offers something that both of these guys just can't do, which is be lethal from three, has a good floater, and he has a good feel for the game. He's you know defensively he's not there yet, but. Um, you know, it's solid enough where he's not going to cause you any harm on on the offensive side. Brendan, what are your, what are your thoughts? Yeah, um, I, that's a lot of good points. I think importantly um, to note, it looks like the Knicks escaped by only giving up the Hornets' second round pick. Um, they 
are holding on to the Pistons one, which I think is going to be end up being a little more valuable. Um, so that was a win. Um, as far as Rose's rotational implications, I think, you know, the Pistons are better defensively when he's off the court this year. Um, it's, it's a little bit hard to read too much into that because those are mostly meaningless games for the Pistons at this point. They are kind of just getting cooked in a lot of them either way, um, regardless of how well Rose is playing. Um, and notably, the Knicks are better when Peyton's off the court defensively as well. So uh, while I could see Derrick Rose competing for Alfred Payton with the, for those minutes, I, I don't think a team in 2021 that's starting Derrick Rose is, is going to be a competitive one. Um, but the Knicks have been able to survive by relying heavily on Alfred Payton's minutes. Um, the one thing that I, I will say in with regards to Tibbs recently is the kind of rigidity with his rotations has eased up a little bit. I've been pretty happy with, despite quickly not starting, he has been getting a little more burn. Um, the the main issue I'm having with Alfred Payton's minutes is that, you know, he will play for full quarters at a time. We're seeing him in there for 10, 12-minute stretches. I don't think that that's the best way to use quickly is just in, you know, those non-Payton uh, minutes. I'd like to see him kind of get some end of first quarter, maybe – uh, end of third quarter minutes as well to start absorbing some of those minutes. But I think Rose at least is there and gives Hayden and Rivers a little bit of accountability, right? So Dennis Smith Jr. was not cracking the floor again, you know, they, you know, for all intents and purposes, he was off to the G League bubble. So Rose is there. He'll compete for those minutes, certainly. Maybe behoove Rivers to try to get his act together, which is certainly has not been – uh, as of late, maybe, you know, Payton feels a little bit more, um, you know, someone kind of breathing down his neck, starts working a little harder on defense. So I, I don't think it's going to make a tremendous impact. Like Alex said, you know, this guy can bring scoring. That is what he does. He will bring scoring to a team in dire need of, of shot creators. Um, so that is, I guess, where Leon Rose in the front office saw the value um, I don't think this necessarily swings the projectory projections for the Knicks tremendously. I think it's a, you know, a good move. It makes sense. Dennis Jr. was going nowhere. Um, add him, I guess, add Derek Rose into the hall for the Porzingis trade Mark it down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know that this materially is going to change the Knicks, you know, as, as they compete for kind of the seven to 10 range for the playoffs. Um, I don't think it's going to change tremendously, but hopefully we do see a little bit less of Alfred Payton and maybe a little bit less of Austin Rivers uh, until they can kind of figure it out. Oh man, is it even possible to see less of Austin Rivers at this point? <laughs> <laughs> like, what is uh, less of Austin Rivers? Oh my God! Yesterday was less. It was eight minutes, but it's still too <laughs> it's much for saying. me. No, honestly. <laughs> Oh, man. But no, Brendan, you make a lot of valid points, man. Um, I don't see that. This is not a trade that's this is like a legit on the margins type of trade, you know, where we're slightly trying to improve this team to bring a little bit more floor spacing, bring up something more for this team on the offensive side, because quite honestly, like the defense has been there for the most part. Like we're a top 10 defense. That is something that we can hang our hat on, uh, whether it's Knicks Nation as a fan base, whether it's the New York Knicks actual roster like Julius Randle and all of them, like they are a legit defense that when teams come up against them they know they're gonna have to work look Miami came in today it was no easy grind for them to get that victory uh even when we when we played Portland well on Saturday we were hounding Dame we were hounding a lot of guys giving other guys who are not Damian Lord open threes were like sure 
try it. Unfortunately for Miami Heat, which is how this team works, like they give up open threes to the guys who you were like, okay, fine, go take the open three. Unfortunately, it was given to the guys that we should be giving to, like Tyler Hero. You know, you're giving it up to. <laughs> just I, every time I mention Tyler Hero's name, I just I start I, I stop. I can't I can't do it just because of the whole the whole hype around him. But you no, know, when you start, getting a, it's, it's a good song, in. Alex. It's a good song, dude. Jack, it's a good song by Jack Harlow. Just relax, dude. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, you know, look, look, we have to sometimes give credit where credit is due. Do you think that some of this defense has something to do with Alfred Payton? Because honestly, he, he, he's a beast. Absolutely. He's a beast on defense. And like, I, 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 I see a regression there when you throw in D Rose or you throw in Austin Rivers. I want to say Emmanuel quickly, but like, you know, maybe a slighter regression there. Like, he's, he's still young. He has to get there. But like, that, that's my problem. When you when you get rid of Alfred Payton, when we're all screaming about how we, we want him to sit less or, or we want someone else in there, he's the only point guard that resembles defense at, at this point. Yeah, man. And um, I, I totally agree. Like, Alfred Payton plays good de- – it's not elite defense. We're not talking great defense. He plays solid defense. And on this team, we need as much defense as we can in order to stay in there. Like, he does a good job. Like, when we saw him play Steph Curry, when we've seen him guard Damian Lillard yesterday, we've seen him go play well. The, the problem with him is that it's inconsistent. And what's also, what's also be real as, like, fans of the NBA, what's the most pretty, as, most aesthetically pleasing thing to see? It's shooting, okay? No one's looking for the defense. Everyone's looking for shooting. So when you have Emmanuel quickly, you're going to be quick to want him on the court because he can shoot from deep. He calls see what you guys to open up. See what you yeah. did there, Alex. Hey, see, see, see. Yeah, yep. Um, but no, that's like it's it's what it's what we want. So no one's really paying attention to uh, Payton's defense. Like if you pay attention to how Payton is is playing, and shout out to David Zenon who was talking about it yesterday on Twitter. Like reason why Payton was in there is because he was guarding the Trailblazers' hammers play all the time. You know, which is the action you have point guard action or just some sort of action on the strong side trying to get a shot, and then usually what happens. What the most traditional one is the guard goes action, go on the strong side, cuts baseline, passes to the open guy on the corner three to create an easy shot. That's what the hammer play is. And you see that Peyton was doing a decent job and going back and watching it, you're seeing how he is playing that pretty well. Okay. And that's no, it's no slight, uh, you know, that's not, it's not saying Peyton's like an elite defender. He was just playing it well. And, you know, that's what Tibbs wants. Tibbs is a defensive guy. So he's going to leave the guys who are out there who's going to give him a chance to win, which everyone keeps talking about, which is defense travels. Sometimes your offense doesn't. So that's why we're seeing him. That's why we're seeing him more. And I, but I get the, I get the, I get the gripe with Peyton too. Like there's also a legitimate thing. He's not passing the ball fit effectively. He's not shooting effectively. So, you know, we'll see what happens. We'll see how, we'll see how D Rose, uh, impacts this, uh, impacts, you know, the offensive side and this team in general. And, you know, I guess the question for everyone, um, unless John, you got anything to add, is do we see? Well, only ask before I ask the question, John. Is there anything you want to add on on the D Rose trade and what you think he's going to do for the rotation? No, no, I'm 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 honestly hyped about D Rose, man. I think uh, <laughs> he comes in he comes in on a different he comes in on a different like a completely different perspective, dude. Like last time he came here, he was supposed to be like this really good point guard and like reminisce of the old D Rose and like come back. And at this point, like, I see kind of how Brendan sees it. He's just, he's just like a, a, the end of the KP trade. You know what I mean? At, at this point. And it's nice. It's a nice way to kind of end it. DSJ was going nowhere. We don't, we don't need that second round pick. I'm kind of happy that we didn't give Detroit their second round pick back. 
I think it's a nice little slight, like, nah, like, you guys stink, we're keeping it. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm excited. I hope he gets a different number. I hope he's not 25. <laughs> yeah, and, please. And, uh, I don't remember. I don't need that number. And, um, and I don't need to see Austin Rivers anymore. It's either D. Rose or Austin Rivers. And that, that's really my take on it. Because, like, you can't have them both on the court at the same time. And what are you going to do? Split eight minutes from Austin Rivers? <laughs> you give them four and four? Like, yeah. you know, like what, are we, what are we doing at this point? And, like, they're kind of the same. And Austin Rivers has a really nice contract, I'm sorry to say. <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I could see him being traded. Um, yeah. I, that, <laughs> I agree. Like you said, John, I, I think the most important thing to remember with this is that it was just a, a super low cost and it was oppor- opportunistic of the front office to get in. Like you said, DSJ not doing anything unlikely that this Hornets pick would really even be rostered next year. The second round pick that they gave up. Um, and ultimately D Rose, if he regresses his contracts over in the year, you know, no, uh, no reason to bring him back. Um, and if he doesn't seem to project as a good fit next to RJ, Mitch Randall, which I don't think he will be, Quite a good fit, but then again, like we keep discussing, you know, Alfred Payton's playing with them, whether we like it or not. So I think it's it's ultimately uh, it was a a buy low. You know, Rose was out of there. It seemed like he really wanted to get out of Detroit. It's a buy low, and they paid a low cost for it. I, I don't think it's it's going to be you know much more complex than that. Yeah, for sure, for yep. sure. Is it interesting though that we get D Rose back again on another like kind of like low end deal? Like mm-hmm. the, the first time, like when we traded to the Chicago, like we traded Robin Lopez, Jose Calderon, and uh, Jerry and Grant for uh, what was it? it was D Rose, uh, Justin Holiday, and a 2017 second round pick. And it's kind of like we're doing the same thing again, just trading like peanuts to to get right. Derrick Rose back. It's uh, Interesting, very interesting. How it's coming out. I, I don't even know if we call this. Full, is it full circle? I guess. It, I guess it kind of. I guess it kind of. Whatever. Whatever we well, want. Well, no, Grant. Grant this. was a beast, dude. Yeah, yeah. I like the you Grant. Know. I like the Grant brothers. <laughs> I like the Holiday yeah. brothers too. <laughs> um. Uh, so I think solid trade. I think we all are on the same page that it's. It's a small margins move. Nothing it's too fine. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a fine trade. It's nothing to beat your head about. And I like what you said, John, that it's, uh, I like what you said that it's like different perspective this time. This is not him trying to come out and be the man. This is legit. Like we know what we're getting, you know, when we first got him, it was like, sweet. We're the Chicago, we're the New York Bulls, whatever the Chicago yeah. Knicks, whatever you want to call us. We got Joe Kim Noah. We got Derek Rose. We got everybody on this side now. We got Carmel, how it should have been. Yeah. Not, you know, remember yeah, he, when he came good. here last time? He said, uh, "What did he say? Like it's it, we're the super team." Yeah, it's super team. <laughs> Hopefully, he doesn't say anything like that again. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. Really it's just, a bit different. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. If, if he comes out and says that again, I'm I'm throwing in the towel. I'm like, yeah. oh no, 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 no. Now I know where we're going. Um, all right, so we, we we wrap that up. And any remarks for like DSJ? I think this is a good move for DSJ. Um, I think he's going to get it. Like Killian Hayes is hurt. They need a point guard. I think this is the chance. Like this is a you know I know there's four. We know Detroit is a major like it's a major market because you got four sports team. It's a large city, right? With a lot a, a a lot of action going on there, but not really. It's not like New York. It's not like Chicago. So I feel like DSJ can just go like. Be like it's going to be like Markel Fultz almost how he Markel Fultz went down to Orlando. I feel like this is the same thing for DSJ. He's going to get he's going to get a lot of burn out there. There's not a lot of point guards ahead of him 
to there's no Reggie Jackson now there's no D Rose so I think and Killian Hayes is injured so I think he's going to have an opportunity to go out there and try to reestablish himself as a point guard so good for him I like DSJ I hope he can turn it around uh, I think Detroit will be good for him where no one's going to be no media attention will be on his on his neck just watching what his every step is anyone got any remarks for DSJ it wasn't happening here, man. You hit the nail on the head. It just, you could tell, needed a change of scenery. It was, you know, clear all the way to last year that it was just, you know, not happening for him in New York. So I'm glad he'll get a new opportunity. Um, hopefully we see a little bit more from him like we did, you know, in his rookie season and the second season before getting traded. Um, hitting shots, making plays. Still an incredible athlete. Um, that, that kind of stuff I don't think disappears. But hopefully, like you said, Alex, he'll get a little more run and probably be able to kind of find his find his shot again, find his handle back, um, and and just hopefully the change of scenery will will give him a new opportunity because it just it was not in the cards in New York for him, unfortunately. Yeah, we're sorry, J. Cole. We'll get, we'll, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we got one dunk competition out of DSJ, and now we got a new dunk dunker in uh, Obi Toppin. So, all right. So we wrapped up with, uh, we'll wrap the Derrick Rose trade up with going in to talk about some more trades because there are other rumors out there. Uh, I want to know what you guys think. Um, we have Lonzo Ball as a potential, uh, you know, trade, uh, option for the New York Knicks. Do we think that's still on the table? I mean, we just acquired Derrick Rose. Is this team really about to make another move for a point guard? Is Derrick Rose that? Um, what do you guys think? Uh, Brandon, John. Either one of you, let's hear it. Interesting Lonzo stat I just came across while uh, preparing for this and related to what we were just discussing. Lonzo only has 30 more career points than Dennis Smith Jr., which is crazy, uh, considering you just (laughs) kind of assume that Lonzo has way more uh, consistent playing time and and relatively low-stakes teams. Um, I don't know. It's It's... Lonzo, like you said, this, this, the D Rose trade coming to fruition does kind of change the outlook in terms of the Knicks bringing in another point guard. Um, I, I don't find Lonzo as fascinating as a lot of other people do. I think there's, there's potential for a, a very good solid player within Lonzo, like to kind of, that we could see that. Right now, I mean, the dude is still shooting under 50% for his career on free throws. Um, he shoots fine from three now. He's, uh, you know, kind of an average shooter on threes. Um, th- there's certainly the makings of a very interesting player in Lonzo. I'm not sure, you know, what it would really look like kind of giving up what we would have to give up in order to get Lonzo. I mean, if when you look at that, like the draft class, I do – you know, we just saw Luke Kennard get moved. We just, you know, the prices on Tatum, Fox, um, uh, Donovan Mitchell, those would be insane. I, I have a hard time discerning what the market for ball is. I've seen some more reports indicating that it looks like it's it's going to be Lonzo to Chicago, if anything. Um, I guess the main draw of Lonzo would be you're, you're betting on some more development. Um, you know, he is extremely tall and, uh, uh, you know, a a depth defender. He would be pretty good on defense. And then he'd fit the timeline a little better with RJ and Mitch and Randall than I guess Alfred Payton would. But I don't think it would um, make a ton of sense to give up a lot of stuff. Not really even sure what it would, what the trade would look like. But 
Um, you, you could certainly talk yourself into Lonzo coming to New York. I, I think now that D Rose has been acquired, the likelihood that the Knicks make another move for a different point guard is a little bit less. And I'm not sure that Lonzo would be the point guard that you want. Okay. Okay. John, what are your thoughts about, uh, what are your thoughts about Lonzo? Yeah. I mean, uh, Brendan makes interesting points because uh, yeah, he, he, in Okay, in a vacuum, I love Lonzo. To be like, I'm I'm more on Lonzo than I guess Brendan is. I I always like Lonzo at UCLA. I liked him in the NBA, and I think that he just um he just got outshined everywhere he went, and not in not in a totally bad way. Like just the team like moved on from him, and we kind of, the team like the team or the rotation kind of has to work around Ball because he's the playmaker. You know what I mean? It's just like imagine like Chris Paul goes to a team and they're and 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 Randall is the, is the point guard. It's just it's just not gonna work. You know what I mean? Like he he needs he needs to have the ball. He needs to be the point guard. He needs to be the man. And I um I think he could work on the Knicks in a nutsh- in like in a vacuum. Okay. When I start thinking about it, um, and I think Brendan like kind of like made me start like thinking about it. So like, what if we? Because Alfred Payton has that no trade clause, right? He's saying, "What does a trade even look like?" So we're gonna have to get rid of Payton, okay? And and he's from Louisiana, so he, maybe he would accept that uh, no trade over there, okay? And then you got to start thinking, like, what do they want? They want Frank, okay? They could have Frank. I don't think they want Austin Rivers back. Like that just seems kind of weird, because like, they just had him. Like, but but maybe, right? And I don't. JJ Redick had us on the no trade clause. This doesn't feel like a JJ Redick kind of trade. Unless they start throwing in, like, or I'm curious how you guys would think about this, is, like, taking on that massive Steve Adams contract. Where Steve Adams is on the book for 12 mil, right, for the next couple of years. So, like, I don't know. Is it worth it to have that backup center? Like, give them Noel, give, have a backup center to Mitch, you know, that, that way we'll commit to Mitch being the starter. And then we'll be able to take Lonzo, maybe, you know, fit in Redick and have a shooter have a point guard because like the thing with Lonzo on the trade is he's going to be a free agent next year. And he's obviously not going to the Pelicans. It's funny. Like he has the same exact, we treat him exactly like we treat Frank <laughs> or, or you know what I mean? Or we treat like he didn't get the extension and he's going to be a free agent. So we really can't ex- like expel that much into him. And when we trade for him, he's really not going to be like, okay, here you go. Here's the starting point guard position. Here's the keys to the franchise. Like, he's not the number two pick anymore. He's now just a free agent guy who, you know what I mean, who was looking for a contract. So, I don't know. I think I think that I think that he kind of needs the Knicks more than the Knicks need him. But I think that he could actually be perfect on this team. I think that him, as a point guard, he, like, we won't actually ever, like, if we have him and then quickly and then D-Rose, I think we could kind of, like, band-aid up that point guard situation for now. But I'm not sure. That's just yeah, how no, I kind of think about it. No, I, I totally agree. If you if you did something like that, John, you would do, totally like be banding banding uh, the point guard position. If you had quickly D Rose and Alonzo, but I, it looks I, better than it does now. Oh, 100 percent, it looks better than yeah. it does now. Um, I, I I tend to I, I like what Brendan said. I, I think, and I agree with what Brendan is saying is that I think it's less likely to happen now now that we did this trade for D Rose. And you're also bringing up good points too, John, where it's like he is 
on a, this is the last year of his contract. So, and, and I think Brandon was alluding it to it as well. Like, what is the actual cost of Lonto Ball? Like, what are we actually going to have to like give up to get this guy on an, on the Knicks roster? Okay. Having D Rose here kind of like, quote, it doesn't fully close the door, but it kind of closes the door. Now you're talking about what is it going to cost to get this guy over here? We already know that, uh, who, who's the GM? David Griffin? Um, yeah. What was da- like David Griffin of the Pelicans? We know what he likes to do. He likes to wheel and deal. You know, he's probably going to want a first round pick for this kid. He's not going to just take a second for Lonzo Ball because Lonzo Ball is a first round pick. You know, regardless that he, I don't think he's the value of a second overall pick. He's still a first rounder. Um, and he's probably going to want a first rounder, whether it's protected or whether it's protected or not. Um, and I don't, it don't, I don't think Lonzo for a rental, unless you know you're going to pay him, uh, afterwards is worth trading a pick. I'd rather just say, Hey, fine. Let's try to sign this kid in free agency, keep our assets and see if he wants to come here and how he works out that then and try to negotiate then on what you're going to do with him instead of saying, We'll give you an asset to bring Alonzo Ball. Maybe we can convince him to stay here, which you don't really need to do to convince us to keep him to stay here. He's not, it's not, I don't think the market for Alonzo Ball is that, uh, necessarily that big and necessarily that everyone's dire for Alonzo Ball. That's just my, that's just my opinion. Um, so I think for him, you know, I don't see a trade coming. Like I would have seen it more if there wasn't Derek Rose. I could have seen it, but now that with Derek Rose, and just think about the value with him because I honestly I don't I don't I don't want Stephen Adams here. I think if you bring in Stephen Adams, he's expecting then to start. I think he and he commands to start because he's has had a better career than Mitchell Robinson so far, just over a long period of time. And Mitchell Robinson's still de- still developing. I think if you start doing that, you're starting to step on toes. You're starting to create a little. Oh, more of like what? What's actually going on here? Like at least with Noel, you know, you can't say Noel, you're the, you're not a starter or you are a starter based on his contract, based on you know he came here in free agency. Like it's Mitch has been here. This is Mitch's team. Everyone knows that we're invested in Mitch. So and Mitch has been playing well. So I think if you're bringing Stephen Adams, it's I would only want Stephen Adams here is if we're like we're going for a deep playoff run if that was that type of situation we need some depth at the center and it's like all right now we have two stone walls at center and that's that's not where we're at so i would and i but i would take like jj reddick i think he would help with shooting but i just think this i think the deal for for Lonzo and jj i think it's going to cost more than we actually want like frank fine if you don't want frank you could throw frank in there the question is what else do we give up if the if the team's hesitant to give up Knox in a deal um I, and like that's probably oh, Knox would have to go. Knox would, yeah, have, to Knox go. would have to go, and I don't see that happening. And then the question is like, it's not going to cost a second, so it's going to cost a first. So I just don't see this deal happen. I don't see this deal happening. Hold on, hold on, Alex. Do you think that do you think that Knox is off the was off the deal because he's Kevin Knox and he's off the table, or he was off the table in the Derrick Rose trade? I think I think the team wants him a little bit longer to see what they can develop him into. I actually, uh, think I don't that, know. I don't, I, I don't, I don't think, know, man. He's, don't think, he's falling out of the rotation, dude. Uh, I'm not. I'm not, I think he's still he's still developing, man. He's still a young kid. He's still developing. I wouldn't. I wouldn't throw it that. I think if the right deal came along, I think if you're if you're if you're telling me that you're getting a player for multiple years and not a one year contract like Lonzo Ball, I would see Kevin Knox being thrown in. But to give a guy to give the Pelicans a rookie another year who has another year on a contract that could they just you know opt into and then you're giving up another asset that's a lot to just get launched with ball for a rental deal so i don't i don't i don't think that would happen in that deal um i don't think that would happen brendan break yeah. the, break the tiebreaker for us i i don't know um i think alex makes a good point that 
the the way that the Pelicans handle Lonzo will speak a lot about how they project themselves as a franchise. Um, we know the West is a bloodbath and perennially. It does not look like that's going to change any anytime soon. Um, the way I think about the Pelicans is that their window, it, it starts it started pretty much as soon as they drafted Zion. I mean, he's already making a tremendous impact um, and, and quietly having a pretty incredible season, despite the fact that the Pelicans aren't playing great. Um, do they want to move Lonzo because they think he's not the long-term fit at point guard, or do they want to move Lonzo because they want to improve their chances at winning this year by moving Lonzo who could have value for a win now piece? Um, with regards to Kevin Knox in that discussion, it is a little bit harder to see the Knicks moving their first round pick from what three seasons ago. Um, but at the same time, he really is on the fringes here. Uh, defensively, it's still a little bit of a nightmare for him. Um, it's, it's hard to really get a good grasp for what he is as a player, because the only time we've really seen him get a lot of burn were in meaningless games um, two years ago where he was kind of just given a green light to do whatever he wanted. And, you know, with no regards for trying to win, that was a you know, pretty blatant tank. I would say Knox probably doesn't carry that much interest around the league. Um, and I think that, you know, as Knicks fans where we, we analyze him pretty thoroughly, um, but I'm not sure he like commands the same level of interest to a lot of executives around the league just after seeing him struggle in year one. Um, I think he was like, you know, a lot of metrics pointed to being the worst defensive player in that year. And then struggling in year one and then not really seeing him contribute much since then. So I'm not entirely sure, but um, yeah, could, could, could signal a lot about what the Pelicans think. Um, about their franchise based on how they handle Lonzo. Yeah, for sure. And I think I totally agree with that. I think the other thing, like we have to realize, like they also paid for Brandon Ingram too. So like the position that Knox would be playing is kind of in between Zion, Brandon Ingram, like you're telling me that you're going to want this kid and then you're going to have to like, you're going to have to like think about if you want him even further, you're not just going to trade for Kevin Knox, like you, why, why do that just for the sake of doing it? So I think there's a lot of overlay there with New Orleans. And Brandon said, like, as soon as they got to Zion and as soon as they signed, like, as soon as they made all these moves, even getting someone like Eric Bledsoe, having J.J. Redick, this entire team is ready to move now, kind of, to, like, start making playoffs and having impact players. I don't know if they're really in the mood to, like, try and, like, bring Kevin along, Kevin along and be like, all right. You know, we're kind of getting blown out tonight. Let's throw Kevin out there and get some burn. Um, I don't think they're in the mood for that. I think if they're going to make any moves, they're going to try to shore up like a playoff spot and try to compete. Um, but there's two more guys that I want to talk about that are potential trade options. Victor Oladipo. Do we still think that he's on the table? Do you, do you guys even want him in New York? Do you like, I personally, I like, I would be okay with Depot. Bring him during free agency, though. I don't want to. I do not want to trade for him. I think. I think that asking price. You know, I don't think it's actually kind of. I don't like. I don't see. I don't see the point in giving up an asset for a guy who may just walk away again. I'm. I'm. I'm always against giving up assets for a guy who you can just sign in free agency. Try to woo him away in free agency and keep your assets. I'm. I'm just so. It's like, 
one of my biggest pet peeves. The only exception is, is if it's like, all right, guys, we got Kawhi Leonard in the building. Try to convince him to stay here where it's like, all right, that makes sense. You know, Victor Oladipo is not Kawhi. He's a good player. Um, I think he's like, I would consider him like a second option. I wouldn't say he's the first option based after his injury to like lead you to like lead you anywhere, but I like him. I don't know if I, I don't, I don't think I'm all in on Oladipo and giving up first rounders for Oladipo just for a trial run and then trying to convince him to stay. Since uh, Brandon asked, answered the last one, John, I'll, I'll start off with you for Victor Oladipo. No, I'm going to be quick, man. No, thank you. Um, <laughs> I, also, uh, I think he's in a good situation. I actually really like the Rockets. Yeah, Am I crazy. No, I agree. No, <laughs> I, I think I, I think they would be really dumb to let him go. I think he should stay in Houston. I think it's everything's fantastic over there. Don't break. Don't mess that up. I agree, Brandon. What, what are your What are your feelings? I have been pretty shocked, honestly, since the Rockets acquired Oladipo, that his name is coming up um, as potential to get traded again, or like you know the, uh, the prospect of him walking away in free agency. This is. Uh, organization that we know the owner is very concerned with optics and uh, wants to solidify Houston as a competitive franchise year in and year out and, and definitely wants to have the appearance of a competitive franchise. And the thought that they would trade away basically the centerpiece of what they got in the James Harden trade is pretty surprising to me. I think I'm on the same page as both of you guys. I would like to see um, the Knicks kicked the tire on Oladipo in, in free agency, but I'm not sure that he would really, you know, basically I'm looking at the Knicks in the trade market as are they, if they are buyers, they are trying to bolster themselves from, I guess, like the eight, nine, 10 spot to the seven or six seed. And I don't a think that this is the year to do that. They're kind of playing with found money this year in terms of, having a competitive team, but also likely will have two, you know, say top 20 draft picks. Um, so I don't think that bringing in Oladipo to push for like the seven or six seed, and I'm not even sure that he would do that. There's, you know, a little bit of questions of how he would fit with Randall. Um, he, he, you know, projects like he can kind of fit anywhere, but we've seen him, you know, have varying success, especially lately with, you know, myriad injuries and whatnot. But I don't really think that giving up something to get half of a year of Oladipo to try to push for the seven or the six seed to likely have a first round exit, even if you're in, you know, in the play in or you're in the, you know, eight, seven, six conversation. I don't really see why that would be a desirable outcome for the Knicks. Definitely would like to see them kick the tires on them on him in free agency just because there's going to be a lot of cap space. Uh, and I still think that he's a really fascinating player, despite, you know, kind of varying success uh, after he had that all NBA year. Um, but, yeah, I don't think now's the time. I think I think we're all on the same page there. Yeah, I think he's a fascinating player, too, especially with his RB album. Very fascinating in that. Oh, album. yeah. I'm just playing. I'm just, <laughs> playing. I'm just playing around. Um, but no, I, I like I. I Shout out to Jonathan Macri, who, who friend of the pod. You know, he wrote something recently this week about trading for Victor Oladipo and um, when you look at Victor Oladipo's numbers, you see that he he hasn't been shooting like he was during that All Star year, like his breakout. Uh, I think he he won Most Improved right that same year when he was first an All Star. I think he I think he did. And um, like when you watch like 
that year, Victor Oladipo, he shot so well, he could attack the rim. He did everything. And now it's not, he's playing well, you know, but it's not to the same efficiency that it was during that season. And this is why it, it, the question now comes like, if you did that right, it's also like, how would you fit to RJ Barrett if you traded for him right now? And it just doesn't make sense. I would rather. That's don't say. I, I don't want to hear those words anymore. I don't want to hear those kinds of words anymore. Like trade RJ Barrett. Like honestly, no, fit, 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 fit. Not uh, trade. Uh, you wouldn't trade. You wouldn't uh, trade for RJ Barrett. Uh, I'm about it's, to fitting, say, it's, say, uh, it's fitting. It's fitting next to RJ Barrett. Um. So like, I don't see how you could see like, if you're trading for for Depot like and seeing like how does he like you're really throwing a lot of stuff at once for a team that has had no off season really. A player that kind of plays similarly to like RJ Barrett, you know, as of right now. So I don't, I don't see it. Uh, I, I just don't see that transpire. I don't, I don't think the Knicks should do that right now. Definitely kick it during free agency. Don't definitely, I don't think we need to do that right now. All right. Last guy that I want to talk about, Zach Levine, bringing this man up again because your boy. We, yeah. Apparently it's my boy. Honestly, um, he's your boy. Uh, You're dying for like, Zach Levine. I like Zach Levine. I would <laughs> love to get Zach Levine. He's got another year on his contract. So that I'm actually fine with tra- trading an asset for to get him in the building. Have two years of Zach Levine. He's a baller. I think, you know, he liked playing under Tibbs. He played well under Tibbs uh, in Minnesota. I'd like to bring, I would like, to, I, I like the idea of having Zach Levine. He's play, he's a such, he's a scoring threat. Love it. He can score at all three phases. Um, I'd I'd be happy to trade for Zach Levine. I don't know what the cost is for Zach Levine. That's the, it. All comes down to cost, right? And what are we trying? What are we trying to do this season? Um, Brendan said it best. This is found money. You know, good good contract deals. You got guys playing above what they're they're supposed to be doing for their pay grade, and we're a competitive team, fighting somewhere between you know capping out. I think at the sixth spot, definitely a playing game between nine and ten. Um, as the bottom end, at the bottom end of like what they could do. And I don't know what, uh, like, I, the goal is, is interesting because I don't know if they're trying to be buyers right now, which I don't think they're, they should be truly buyers. But if they can get like someone like Zach Levine on a good deal, which to me would be, I don't know, you have up like a first rounder, um, throw in maybe Frank, Kevin Jeez. Knox. Do you, you know, have you they, seen Dallas play? Have I seen? No. <laughs> what? what are you, yeah. Have I seen Dallas play? What yeah, you're trying Dallas? to give, trying to, trying to give around, like trying to give around first round picks. Not this like, year's. I, I, not this. No, not this year's. Not this. Okay. Year. All right. All right. I wouldn't like to give. Fine. I wouldn't like to give up this year. This year's first round. I don't think. Like, I would like given the 2023 Dallas first rounder. Give give the Bulls that. I think they wouldn't take it. I, they probably would not take it. They probably want a first rounder like next season or this season. But if you're telling me they can get, uh, you know. Zach Levine for like Frank Nilkina, Kevin Knox, 2023 first rounder, and maybe throw in a second rounder just to, to sweeten the deal. Sign me up. I'd do it. Brandon, yeah. what, I know you're, you're, you're hesitant over there, Brendan. What, what's going well, on? Well, it's, it's interesting. Uh, it's interesting discussing Oladipo and Levine because Oladipo, I think would be more of a buy low situation. You know, he's shooting under 40% uh, from the field and under 30% since he got to Houston from three. Um, but Levine, I think his stock has never been higher. Uh, his his he's top ten in points per game right now in the league. 
Um, he is sniffing 50, 40, 90, and he actually is hitting the 50 and 40 right now. He's just below wow. 90 on free throws. Um, there is still a lot to be tentative about when it comes to Levine. I mean, defensively, the mm-hmm. dude is a bit of a mess. Um, the assist to turnovers is never really where you'd like it to be. It's, even right now, it's uh, 5.3 assists per game, four turnovers per game. Um, so that's not ideal for someone who has such a colossal usage rate. Um, but I mean, the dude just hit shots. So there's something to be said for that. Uh, you know, he is making a ton of shots. He is basically the fulcrum of the bulls offense. Um, and yeah, I just, I find it hard to believe that the bulls would be willing to give him up for, you know, something short of like a King's ransom, just because, um, he is the kind of mainstay of their offense, despite, despite all the interesting young pieces that they have. This is really the guy that's producing for them right now. Uh, a lot of questions about marketing, the kind of figure that this would be his team along with Carter, that the two of them would kind of have, you know, um, carved out their spot as the front court of the future there for the Bulls. But instead, this season is, is proving it pretty clear that their offense is, is really highlighting Levine. Um, so I would be interested to see them part with, Levine for a low price. That being said, Alex, like, you know, at the right cost, I mean, this is definitely a valuable player. Um, it just, it would, you know, bring in some questions of, you know, you have two players in Randall and Barrett that kind of need the ball to succeed, uh, not great shooters. And Levine, you know, for all the valuable things he brings to the table, he is a little bit of a black hole offensively. Um, so I, I think it, it is completely a question of cost. You know, what are you giving up to get him? Uh, and I assume that his cost has never been higher. Of course, I don't know, but I, I would assume that it is. Yeah, I think it was. I like honestly, like my deal is not even going to be close to what they would want. Mm-hmm. They would want. They would probably like. I don't honestly the realistic trade. You know, because if I feel comfortable with that, that means it's not. It's not really real. <laughs> probably the most the most the most comfortable trade to probably get Zach Levine on this on this team. You're probably gonna have to give up minimum two first rounders. Um, so you're talking about two first rounders. You're talking about players like Kevin Knox and Frank. Like that's definitely thrown in there. And you're also probably talking about, you know, maybe one or two second rounders. That's kind of like the deal. Like he's playing at that level. Who knows? It could even cost like three first rounders. Cause if we see what Drew Holiday is getting, like granted, like Milwaukee was in a tight situation to do something to like one, keep Giannis happy and to keep that team competitive. Um, it's going to have to be something along those lines. So you're right. Zach Levine's the, the cost for Zach Levine, Zach Levine is high. You know, we saw what James Harden cost. It was four first rounders and four swap picks. Um, yeah, that's the whole thing. The the first yeah. rounds have been devalued in the league, but not for us personally. And as you can see, like, look what OB and, and Quickly are doing. You know what I mean? If for us, we're in a rebuilding phase, this is what rebuilding is. It's not trading all your first round picks for uh, Zach Levine. It's actually keeping your first round picks um, and actually forwarding them over to other teams and hoping that they do bad. And so you collect on their first round picks while you continue to rebuild. Like we're we're honestly doing it right. And 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 trading for Zach Levine is like the last push. It's like, yo, when you're right there, you know what I mean? If like mm-hmm. AD was on the table and like we're right there, you know what I mean? And it could like push us to the top, then you do that kind of trade. But it's, that's just not what that's just not where we are. If you're talking Bulls trade, 
I, like the only person I really like on Chicago is is Markinen. And and he's gonna be a free agent, so like just wait for him. Like if we could just sign Lonzo Ball and and market it next year, I'd be the happiest guy in the world. You know what I mean? Like th- like th- th- that that that's my kind of off season. That's my kind of acquisitions, and that's why it scares me when like when anyone is like take anything valuable for these guys because like we could just get them for free. And now <laughs> the Knicks are like a real organization that people want to come play to. We have a real coach. We have a real front office. Yeah, we're working in that direction. You bring up a good point, John. Like in a team that's rebuilding, like the New York Knicks, right? You, we're not buyers. We're still builders. You know, we're we're not in that market where we can just start trading assets because we have a cupboard full of assets. We're still trying to accumulate assets, and that's why we got to keep our picks for the most part and find the. This is finding good deals throughout the margins. You know, like all right. So like we trade for Derrick Rose. All right, we'll slightly improve the offense. We could potentially make a playing game. Maybe even like if we really cap out, we get really good and really lucky. We get the sixth seed. We don't have to worry about that. We're automatically in the playoffs. That's where you're just like, let's try to do that this year. Let's get some team culture development where guys understand what it's like to be in the playoffs, what it means to play meaningful games. So that way it's not like, all right, guys, put up 20 points and looks like you're playing good, right? We don't need that whole controversy that we have with like Devin Booker and guys like that where they can put up mad numbers, crazy numbers, and then you're just like, are they actually good? Like, are they going to do something? Like, we're seeing that this team is actually moving and playing meaningful games right now. So we're moving in the right direction. I don't think there's a lot of trades out there for the New York Knicks in this in this market, honestly. Like, we talk about these guys because names are coming up, and it's the New York Knicks. We also have to be real for anyone listening. Like, the Knicks are always going to be brought up because it always increases the value of someone's trade, trade market. So it doesn't mean the Knicks are actually out there looking for people. And, you know, so let's, let's just keep that out in that, in, in mind as well when we hear the New York Knicks being thrown around in trade rumors. Okay. So I don't really think a lot of these deals are on the table, honestly, anymore. I think we made one, I think we were making this, the type of moves that we're going to see this team make is by the margins for this year until we get more assets in the building that we're like, Hey, we got a team here. We're a couple pieces away from being competitive. Then we start making those type of moves for like, I don't know, you trade for like a Malcolm Brogdon, some guy who's not going to like be crazy good, like not, 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 cra- not, not saying he's not good, but like the crazy talent, like an Anthony Davis that like really puts you over the edge, but you, you get a solid piece, a guy who's, who's a solid contributor night in and night out. You know what he brings to the table, high IQ type player. Those are the next type of moves you make. And then once you know you have a solid team, you can do that type of stuff. That's when you start swinging for the fences. That's when you start really doing that. We're just not there yet. It takes time, people. Yeah. It takes time. Definitely. I, I think John made a good point. It would be nice if we could just kind of wake up and have, have Lonzo and Markinen fall into our lap. I mean, the th- interesting one, two more interesting things about Levine, just real quick, still only 25, um, still young and, and definitely contributing at a high, the highest level of his career. But the, the most interesting thing for me, and, and, you know, of course, like the reason this discussion is happening is because Begley reported that the Knicks are closely monitoring Levine's situation. But Levine is, is one of those players in the NBA where I, I can easily foresee that front offices have very differing opinions of his value. Um, because he's young and because he can score the ball at will, I think the Bulls can talk themselves into saying we need a, a really high price to give this guy up. But the Knicks might not be as willing to give up such a high price because he also is not a great playmaker. He turns the ball over a lot and he is bad at defense. So it's, it, um, <laughs> the things like that are tricky to kind of determine what the front office would and what the front office should be willing to give up in order to get him. 
um, and what they would have to give up uh, in order for the Bulls to want to part ways with them. So, you know, I, I hope that they do continue to, to continue to monitor it. And like you said, Alex, kind of to the bigger point, I mean, these are the type of things that competent front offices do. And that's what you want to hear about. Like they're, they're monitoring the situation of good players, but um, you just hope that in kind of the rush now that the Knicks are more competitive than I think they even thought this season um, that they don't get into an overpay situation to kind of uh, cut a few steps in the rebuilding process. For sure. Absolutely. Totally agree. 100% with you, Brendan. And I don't think they are. I don't like, no. they have not, they have not moved like they're ready to do that. You know, everyone, mm-hmm. you know, the big one was like, Oh, are they going to sign Russell Westbrook? And they didn't like, if you want to talk about a splash, that would really like bring a lot of like heads, turn a lot of heads, create the image of com- competing. Like Russell Westbrook was right there. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't do that. So I don't think the Knicks are looking at that. They're, they're trying to maneuver this. I think they're, it's, it's Leon Rose doing what he's been good at throughout his entire career as, 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 <clears throat> as uh, an agent. It's making sure everyone's needs are met while making this team competitive, right? He wants to make sure Dolan's happy by having a competitive team. He's trying to make sure Tibbs is happy by having guys that he knows that he can put on the court every single night that can compete night in and night out that he's just not pulling his hair out at the end of the day as much as he probably should. Okay. I'm sure he's still pulling his hair out when he sees some of the rotational like misses on defense, but it's like, it's not to the extent where it's like, Oh my God, what the hell is this? Um, and at the same time, like I think it's me, it's there. He's trying to meet, I think Rose is just trying to meet all of that. And I think he's doing a good job. And I don't think he's going to just throw everything out the window for like a try a win now move. It doesn't seem like that. Cause if we were, we had opportunities to do that, like, the 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 faux opportunities to do that right like we could have traded for a Tobias Harris we could have done all these things and tried to make these type of moves the Knicks have it you could have you could have easily said you know we're going to trade get Tobias Harris in here and get Russell Westbrook and let's see what happens that that God, did not happen God oh my yeah, it God sounds it sounds horrendous right but that's <laughs> but that's the type of move the Knicks would do but that's the type of move the Knicks would do oh um, I'm so happy not, Russell Westbrook is not on this team I can't even yeah me too I can't even tell you how happy I am that Russell Westbrook's not on this team. That was probably the that was probably the weirdest moment asking for Russell Westbrook. I, Those are the worst weeks of my life. My God. <laughs> I make honestly, the fight people. I make the fight honestly, people about Russell Westbrook. And like, if you're told if you're telling me Russell Westbrook of like five years ago, I'm like, hell yeah, let's get Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook is in his 30s now. Basis is like skill on athleticism. Like his game is on athleticism. You see what happens when he gets hurt. It's not like, oh, where's the shot creation? It's like, I don't know, slightly non-existent because. He likes to take it to the rack 90% of the time. So, and I think he got, I think he got tainted by being in Houston because his mid range game is just like almost non-existent anymore. He just like pulls up from three and just drives. And it's like, dude, you have actually a solid mid range game. Just go to the foul line. Like you used to like bust down the court, get to the, get to the foul line, go straight up and then just hit that mid range. It's okay. You're not in Houston anymore. It's okay. Russ, you can do that now. You can do that. Um, Sweet. So we got over the trade talks. Now let's, before we get into, uh, you know, before we get into like what we saw this past week and talk about the upcoming slates, I want to discuss Brendan's most recent article for the Knicks wall, uh, talking about Tom Thibodeau's, the Knicks, Tom Thibodeau's defense, the Knicks defense in general. Uh, so Brendan, I read your article, man. Really good stuff. Really appreciate, I really, I really like the, the deep dive that you did. Um, and I want to ask you, you know, since we got you here, since we got you to talk talk about your, your piece, 
what are you seeing, man? Like just just kind of like lay it, break it down for for our listeners right now. Uh, what your piece is who ha- who haven't checked it out. Um, so yeah, just go just go for it. Definitely, yeah. Um, well, what I've definitely been most happy with about Thibodeau um, in his short time with the Knicks so far is kind of exactly what I think most of his defenders of when he was hired were um, implying would happen. Um, despite all of the, f- the flaws that are associated with him coaching, uh, the one thing that he does is, is a, is great at is getting the most out of kind of the smaller aspects of the game. Um, and this is a group that I, I think despite, uh, I guess excluding Mitchell Robinson is not really made up of a, a ton of like tremendous defenders or people that you'd associate with like, Oh, these guys are in contention for all NBA or I'm sorry, all defensive team. But Tibbs has really uh, kind of milked everything he can out of this group. Um, and and it is definitely showing not night in, night out. And also, you know, just kind of in the box score. And like we mentioned earlier, you know, this is now the sixth best defense in the league uh, by defensive rating. So I've been really pleased with that. Um, basically, the crux of the article is kind of just showing that He's not doing anything crazy. Um, I, I think Tibbs is often so often associated with kind of like revolutionary defensive concepts, like with the, particularly with his ice um, scheme that he was responsible for helping implement in Boston and then bringing to Chicago. Um, you know, people kind of associate with him with revolutionizing defense in like the late 2000s, early 2010s in the NBA. But really, the Knicks' defensive scheme has been has been pretty simple. Um, they do a shallow drop in the pick and roll uh, that lets Mitch, Noel, Tosh, whoever's in, whoever's guarding the screener, to kind of ensure that the ball handler doesn't get right to the rim. And then they're having the uh, you know the guard who's defending the ball handler fight over the screen to try to prevent a, a quick pull up three. And then the weak side help has been has been phenomenal. Randall um, more, more so coming over and helping, and Barrett covering the weak side uh, to contest corner threes. Um, so I, I've been really pleased that you know we're not trying to reinvent the wheel or anything. Uh, it's a simple scheme. There's a lot of young players on this roster, um, and the fact that RJ Mitch quickly they can kind of just seamlessly integrate into this scheme despite not having the experience that older players would have. Um, that I think is really important and, and, you know, it's not, it's nothing revolutionary. Again, I don't want to make it seem like, you know, Tibbs is implementing some sort of genius strategy. Mike Miller was doing something pretty similar with the drop last year, but, um, I have been really happy that it's a repeatable, understandable scheme that lends itself well to the young players. And, and I think it's, it's showing, I mean, like you guys said earlier, the defense is, is traveling and it's, it's keeping them in every game. Um, just like kind of looking back over the schedule, it, there aren't a lot of blowout losses on on the Knicks, uh, you know, kind of box scores this year. There were maybe two back in January, Denver and Charlotte, which weren't great, but but the defense has kept them in the game uh, almost every night. And I think that that is the most important takeaway from Thibodeau's, you know, first 25 games with the Knicks. Absolutely. Well said, Brandon. And I like what you're talking about. I like how you said this. He, did, he hasn't reinvented like the wheel or anything. It's nothing too complex. And that's what I like. That was probably the thing that, you know, I'm not like, I, that's why I liked what you pointed out in this piece is that you're, you simply point out it's not complex what he's doing. They're simple. They're simply covering the pick and roll, right? You have your center who's essentially dropping, giving the space, right? And letting the guards stay up top. 
just and just not going so far deep. He's playing in the middle where it's like, okay, I can go out and guard the shooter while also having enough time to recover and guard the the role. You know, I like that, and that's I like that they've been able to do this night in and night out. And the images, the the video clips that you put in there demonstrated so well. So anyone who has not read it, go to the Knicks wall look for the you know go for the piece that's uh, named Knicks have an infectious brand of defense defense intensity. <laughs> Yeah, and he's sure right for that. And he's it right. is the headline captures right. Yeah, the that does man. It is right. infectious because you watch these guys play. Like they're not hitting, but it is infectious by the way they are rotating. They're staying on ball. They're playing well. You know, like we can get down to the nitty gritty. Like you know, Noel doesn't do a good job as Mitch, or you know, you can argue that you know Peyton or, or quickly get uh, caught too much uh, trying to go over the screen. You know, and, and we can talk about this all day. And, and when it comes to trail, maybe they can trail better. But they've been doing it night in and night out, and it's been and something so simple, which is like so funny. You, and that's why I lo- really love about this piece. You say that it's so simple, and it has them in the top six defense in the NBA. Like what? Like it's insane. Like <laughs> league worst forty teams are shooting a league worst forty three point one percent of field goals and a league worst at thirty two percent of threes, as you point out. And it's just a simple defense that. Which is what's even more hilarious is that this team has been so bad, and you could and like. It's pretty much the same team that we've had last season, right? And and this team last year defensively under Miller, highest that they ranked was 23rd at defensive net rating. Thibodeau is running simple, and we're in the top 10, okay? T- and, and Tibbs is like – I don't know what Tibbs has done and put in the water like I, and the, what the guys have been doing outside. But like guys are bought in. Guys are listening. Guys are doing the work, and, and we're seeing it here. And I think the other thing I want to, I, I guess, want to ask you be, about your article, uh, Brendan, is is there anything that you see that anyone's doing, like in particular, that's like that's so well in like the coverage? Like, is it Mitch who's like, you know, is he is he the best one, like saying a pick and roll? Or, like, what do you think? Like, who do you see is like that you can point out to that's doing the best work in this type of scheme? Yeah, well, I was just going to say one of the things I, that I was most thrilled about while just kind of going back and reviewing some film for the piece, um, something that stood out in almost every play is RJ, who is contesting threes like on almost every single play he is out there. Um, you know, his closeouts sometimes, you know, can be a little shaky. Of course, he is, he is young, he is athletic, he can rely a lot on athleticism. So sometimes, his, you know, the closeouts aren't the best form that you would hope for, but he is out there running people off the line on every single play. I think that has been tremendous for his teammates to see and, and is kind of, you know, spurring guys like Randall or Payton who could have coasted more last year. And granted Payton's defensive effort is, is still relatively inconsistent, but there are definitely plays where they are, you know, giving a full effort on defense. And I was trying to think back of like, when, when do you think the last time the Knicks night in night out were giving this much effort? I mean, like you, you almost look back to like the 2013 season when they were actually in the playoffs. I mean, it's great to see um, the, the level of effort. It's, it kind of starts with the leaders of the team, RJ Randall, um, Mitch always brings it on defense, but it is great to see it carrying through to the rest of the players. I mean, that, that is another thing that I credit Thibodeau for. These guys are playing like there are stakes in every game. And that is not certainly not something we can say about the past few seasons. Um, but yeah, schematically, I've, I've loved how, you know, RJ is, is kind of taking on the assignment of, of contesting the weak side and, and, you know, sometimes responsible for guarding two players or rotating 
uh, by himself out on an island in the opposite corner. He's doing a great job of that. Um, Mitch and the drop is is just phenomenal. That's I think his ideal position and defensively is to kind of just protect the paint. Um, and the good thing is that he's so athletic that you know someone tries to pull up in the mid range, he's definitely not out of the play. Um, so that's been great to see as well. But yeah, definitely, um, you know, there's a lot of individual success, but collectively, the the effort and everyone's execution has been, you know, pretty much as as good as you could have hoped for for this point in the season, carrying them to the top 10 defense, which is just, it's nice to have something to kind of have an identity, a mixed team with an identity. Um, and, and this team is that they are going to compete every night on defense and it is not easy to beat them just by scoring points um, because they play so hard on defense. So that, that was my main takeaway when kind of researching for the article. And it definitely comes through like through your article that when you mention all that, and that's so interesting. You talk about RJ just showing up on the weak side and being able to cover two defenders. You know, that was definitely, it's definitely like an interesting aspect because we don't see like, you know, we watch these games, right? Like if you watch it first time through, you're like, okay, you're watching the game, but it's so hard to capture, you know, what plays are running on offense? What's the defensive scheme that everyone's running? Like you see the easy things like, all right, he covered, he covered the, you know, whether it's Mitch covering the role man or, you know, someone getting around a screen, how they're trailing, but you're not looking at like, you're not, you're not watching RJ like on the weak side and like what he's doing on the weak side because you're not paying attention to the guy's off ball. You're paying to where the ball is in that moment. Right. So it's not, it's nice, man. It's nice. It's nice that these guys have bought in and it's nice that you pointed it out because I think this is an aspect of the game that we miss, like, especially when it comes down to coaching and what, what gets instilled. John, do you, John, do you have any uh, questions for Brendan about, uh, about his piece? No, I, I, I mean, I, I'm glad to hear you, um, be able to write about how good the Knicks defense is. It's like, it's like literally like we're living in bizarro world. Um, refreshing man. (laughs) I know. I know. (laughs) Um, and like, I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna beat the dead horse in of the point guard situation because like, I can't stop talking about it as Alex says. Plus, like, we just honestly at this point don't really know. Um, I guess, I, I guess my, my main concern, uh, with the defense right now is besides the backup power forward, cause like Obi's just not, not doing it is really the backup center. Um, and it, it, it's not even that it's Noel or Mitch. It's just that the, the center in the second rotation just hasn't been panning out. I don't know what it is. Um, we do have the spurts. Um, I'm blaming it on the fact that our backup power forward is just never enough. Um, for, and so therefore the center just doesn't know what to do. Um, so I guess my, my question for you is, do we have the center of the future in Mitch? I feel like that's an easy answer because everyone wants to say yes. But like, if so, and we do extend him, like who's our backup? It's a good question. And, and the one thing that stood out negatively from reviewing the film is definitely that really the only person who is struggling holistically on defense is Obi. Um, you know, he, it's just, he is a rookie. I think everyone kind of was concerned about that when he was gonna, you know, talking about getting drafted by the Knicks. Um, I do worry about him and, and specifically, I think it's an interesting question, John, because when you look at the second unit, 
a, a lineup that I would I would like to work out would be OB at backup center and kind of going small ball um, and and just playing fast and and small and I think they could score a ton of points that way. But you're right, uh, the defense that is just not uh, a, a path right now that the Knicks can pursue uh, just because he's been struggling so much. I think. Noel and Taj are certainly um, kind of like intermediary solutions. Like they're, they're fine to have in the short term. Um, but you, you definitely want someone like Mitch, you know, he is a pretty ideal um, build and, and IQ for kind of this drop scheme that they're deploying. So, you know, he is great in the starting role. Um, and then in a perfect world, Obi would be able to develop on defense into being, you know, kind of a credible backup center and, and maybe trotting out some small ball lineups or something like that. But, um, in the meantime, I think Noel and Taj are, are going to do a, a good enough job, um, filling in for the minutes that Mitch isn't playing, but it will definitely be interesting to monitor. Um, and, and especially as the Knicks get more competitive, those are kind of spots where you can't afford to give up a lot. Um, you know, you don't want to get blitzed in the second unit um, and, and make it harder for the starters to come back. But of course, you know, we're seeing the opposite right now where the starters are, are getting rocked a little bit when Peyton's on the floor. But yeah, that's <laughs> definitely. Uh, <laughs> and then quickly digging them out of a hole overnight. But that is definitely, uh, you know, something to monitor. Yeah, let's put the man while he's down. Yeah. Put the pain while he's down. He's losing his job to Derrick Rose. Quickly's way better. Get out of here, man. John, go fly this man. Go, go drive this man to LaGuardia and get the money report back to New Orleans. <laughs> it's so it's so it's so funny because um I, I I always liked Alfred Payton, especially when he was in Orlando. And um I always knew that once we got Scott Perry, Alfred Payton was gonna come here. So actually my brother always especially when Payton is doing bad, he is blowing up my phone. He is like, Are you happy with this? This is all your fault. And then when Peyton is doing well, like not a peep, yo. I haven't heard from him in a couple of days. That's how I know Peyton's doing well. I don't even have to watch the games. That's hilarious. That's freaking hilarious. Um, that's awesome. So like, so Brandon, thank you. That like, I love the piece, man. Definitely, definitely appreciate the defensive uh, breakdown because Knicks are playing a good brand of basketball defensively. Uh, offense, it can be an eye. Not today, but yeah. Yeah, not today. Some, they, they, they played some solid defense. They couldn't hit their shots. They couldn't hit. Uh, they couldn't hit the like most of the guys couldn't hit the ocean if you if you had them right on the beach. Um, so, so what do you think about what do you think about this coming up, upcoming week? Do you think that we could play defense well, this week? Well, let's quickly go over this. Let's quickly go over this past week, and then we'll go talk about the slate. So we don't have to dive too deep. I think because then we're just repeating the same thing every all in all. All in all, I, I like we all know we we all know what we could say Julius Randle. All right, Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, except for today, like R.J. was struggling today. For the most part, you can rely on those two. Julius is having like an All Star type of season. It, he's having an All Star season. It's not even, it's not even a type. It is the man is playing. Phenomenal basketball. Like he is doing everything you want, whether it's getting guys involved. You see the assist numbers are always up between five to six assists, grabbing boards, getting the points. He's doing everything you want to keep this team where it is right now. And without Julius Randle, we don't, we don't have this type of success. Um, RJ's taking another step, right? So we know those two guys. I think the one I want to really point out to, uh, the most is definitely, um, you know, Austin Rivers style of play. I just don't, I don't like, 
I, that's where I, it's, it's coming down to this. It's not that I want to like bat, like rag on Austin Rivers. It's just, it's just so noticeable that he's not in a, in a, in a rhythm. And this is where it comes down to the, to Tibbs, right? Where we gotta, you know, there's been a whole, whole divide, uh, on Nick's Twitter right now. We're winning. So why are we complaining about the rotations? Is it really something that we should be worried about? Honestly, you can be doing a great job and you can still have critiques on how you can always improve, right? Those two, th- those things can exist. Um, I think you can improve the rotations. You know, I guess it's like kind of a short leash, depending on how you look at it for a player who hasn't been shooting well for four to five games. Maybe you could say, I think if a guy, if, a, if it's clear that a guy's not having it and we see that Rivers is not having it, I'd like to see him to go to someone else like Kevin Knox, like Frank Nilakina, because instead of just having these guys on the bench just waste away, especially a guy who, you know, unless you don't want Frank, then move Frank. You know what I mean? But for a guy like Kevin Knox, who's under contract, um, let's see what he's got. He was shooting well before he gets into a slump. You got another guy in a slump. So bench this guy and let's see what this guy got. And like, if it comes out they're both just not hitting anything, then you can always go back to Rivers. I just like to see someone else get in there and just try something at least. I know Tibbs likes to keep it to, you know, we got a 10 man rotation right now, but I'd like to see something else. Like you got to switch it up once in a while. Yeah, to your point about Randall, um, five games between Sunday today and last Sunday um, when the I like how you go with the I like how you go with the positive first. Oh, yeah, I appreciate yeah. it. No, definitely. <laughs> but uh, in those five games, Randall led the team in points, rebounds, and assists in all but the second game versus Chicago when Mitch had eleven boards. Um, so he is just having a, you know, you could not ask for anything else from Randall. He is, he has been incredible so far. Um, completely agree. And, and also, you know, what John has, has referenced a few times on the pod now, uh, I thought we were in, in store for Rivers falling out of the rotation for a few games and Frank maybe getting some, some run. Um, the D Rose trade makes me skeptical that that is going to be the case. But, um, yeah, it, it looked like things were heading that way when, with Rivers' minutes kind of falling. Um, so that is definitely something I'd like to see improved upon this week, maybe kind of keeping those minutes low or, or you know, kind of replacing him in the rotation altogether. Uh, it is funny you mentioned his brand of basketball. It is It has been it's something to watch uh, every night. He, oh. you know, he keeps that handle alive for seemingly 20 seconds every possession, and he kind of just moves around willy-nilly and, and expects everyone on the offense to adapt, you know, for the entirety of the shot clock. When he's hitting shots, it's great. When he is not, uh, it, is, it is tough to watch. So that is definitely something I'm hoping to see handled this week but i was pretty encouraged with what happened last week i think the second chicago game while not um super pleasant to watch i think in past years that's definitely a game the knicks would have lost uh so and that that's the the, you know a good measure of a good team uh squeaking out wins like that when you know they're not necessarily playing well but they can still pull one out of the bag um and i was super encouraged by the portland win yesterday that was a big win i thought for sure I mean, watching Rivers play, it's like watching an and one mixtape. You know what I mean? It's like a lot of dribbling, going between the legs, back, you know, you pull the ball out, back it up, you try to, like, trying to cross some guy up. Like, he has got a quick, he's got a quick first step. Give it to him. But look, man, when it's not hitting, it's not hitting. But the other thing, too, is like, he's not finding guys open. Like, he had some assists today, but 
you know, Obi is like running the floor, man. And there's there's been quite a few times recently where he could have hit Obi for like an easy lay in, like get the rook in. You know, mentioned that earlier this season that you know he's crazy athletic. He's like all, just hyping the rookie up, and then you have the guy right in front of you, and you're not even passing to him or looking to really get him involved. And the guy who gets him involved is a guy who hasn't even been on the team that long. Taj Gibson finds Obi running baseline for an easy dunk, and you're like, oh, maybe pass this to the guy a little bit more who's crazy athletic that you were hyping up. I don't know. It's just, it's my, my thing is like, I get what Rivers is. This is why I didn't want him to be a point guard. This is when everyone's like, he should be a point guard. I'm like, he's not a point guard. He's a, he's a secondary ball handler who can like kind of dish it. He's really a score first type of guy and like off the bench type of dude. Like, I get if he had to start because of like the talent on this team, but he's not that guy. What's not trying to make him more than he is. And this is the, this is the issue with like Rivers is that sometimes when he goes cold, it is, it is freezing. And you know, he, he like, he got a couple points today. It wasn't pretty, but you know, whatever you got to do to pull your way out. Uh, John, what are, what are you, what are your thoughts on, uh, Austin Rivers? Or anything from this week. Uh, I mean, I, I agree with you on the end one mixtape stuff, but it, it's just it's just not fair for us to like be so annoyed and harsh with him when if he's like if he cross up some guys and he hit a couple threes, we're gonna be hyped. We're gonna be like yelling quivers everywhere. We're gonna be like <laughs> you know like messaging his girlfriend on Twitter or his wife on Twitter, like thank you for letting him like play in the gym. Like we're gonna be doing all these things, right? So. Like, to be fair, we're, we're being a little bit fickle with him. And I don't know, like, <laughs> I'm going to say for the hundredth time, like Brendan said, like, eight minutes in the game. What do you want the guy to do? So, I I, I don't know. I, I kind of – am I allowed to say I kind of feel bad for him? I feel like he took no, a pay cut. He, he took a pay cut to play with the Knicks. He, 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 he like, did the whole Amari Stoudemire, like, the Knicks are back type thing. Like, he did the whole, <laughs> he did the whole culture piece. Like, he's doing everything right. And maybe it's because he knows he can't do the defense that Tib want, Tibbs wants. You know what I mean? He knows he, he's got to do everything else right because he's going to slack there a little bit. And so he knows he's going to be, like, behind. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be honest with you. You know who's really taking his minutes, dude, is quickly. Like quickly yeah. is is being Austin Rivers, like he's being Lou Williams. So and that's what Austin Rivers' role is to be that six man guy to come and just shoot, a dribble, shoot. You know what I mean? And and not worry about it, like that J.R. Smith role. Um, and so I, I I'm not gonna be sh- I'm not gonna be shocked if we ship him out, dude. I'm really not. I'm I'm like really really not gonna be sh- shocked if we ship him out, and it's really gonna be unfair. Um. But yeah, that's just that's just how that's just really how I feel about that. Everything else is fine, man. I love quickly. I I love him in the second unit. Um, I I do want him to stick with this Lou Williams kind of role. Um, I would love if I and I honestly I see Derrick Rose starting. I see Derrick Rose starting. I see quickly being on the bench, and I see Alfred Payne getting traded. Like that's just how I see it. And I see I see Rivers playing the um, the point guard shooting uh, guard role a little bit, but. I really have to say, like, when you asked me about, like, what I thought about this week, if we don't talk about Alec Burks, like, the best player on the New York Knicks, dude, he, like, every single week, I'm telling you, he is the best player on the New York Knicks. Randall's cool, he's going to be an all-star, sounds good. Mitchell Robinson, yeah, you got the field goal percentage thing. RJ, you're getting better in, 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 like, the, in the paint, in the, the two-man game, like, it sounds good. 
without Alec Burks in the game, we literally can't compete. <laughs> like, like I, I don't know, I don't know what it is about him. He he like brings this calmness to the to the floor. Um, I don't know if he why he is able to put people in the right position, but he he does sometimes. And when he is off, like I forgot what game it was, but that game where he was just like imploded in the end, where he like missed a he like he missed a screen and then he um he like didn't go through. And so he like made a triple team come and then he was like itching to shoot a three and he forced it. And like we were, we imploded in the end because of him. You know what I mean? And so we kind of are living and dying with Alec Burks. When he's not in the lineup, we stink. Like, like we literally were so bad when he's not in the game, like when he's out with an injury. So shout out to Alec Burks. Like he is our X factor. I know it's, I know it's quickly and that's like the popular one, but it's really Alec Burks. I can I can kind of get behind that and like I agree. I think you're talking about the Sacramento game, um, but nah, this week like Burks is yes, dude. Really Sacramento, well. oh my god, god, yeah. <laughs> you know, so far this this entire week he's been shooting 44 percent or higher from three. You know, against the Bulls first game he went three for six, went one for two uh, against the Chicago against Chicago the second time. Uh, he didn't have it going that night. Only shot 20 percent from the field. But 44% from three against Portland when four for nine. Um, 37% from the field, but really those three pointers, like his three pointers is what we need on the team because that's how we get, that's, he's the, he's legit one of the very few guys that can space us for. And Reggie Bullock had a pretty good week this week too. So I give out a shot. I usually cream Reggie, but shout out to Reggie for doing some uh, work this week as well. And his defense has actually been pretty good over the last two to three games. So Reggie's been playing pretty well as, uh, also. And then Burks went three for six today. No, we need, we, Burks, and Bullock are guys for like threes that we need to rely on. Like if we get constant minutes from them, which we have been this week, you know, that's what has us in game. Like even today against uh, Miami, Bullock having like seven threes today, you're just like, all right, without that, this is possibly a blowout, you know? And when you have both these guys, you know, unfortunately everyone else didn't have it going. The stat of that Alan Hahn brought out is that if you get five baskets from Alfred Payton, you know, you're going to win. We're 10 in, we're 10 in, uh, two when he does it. I mean, he didn't do it today. So it was kind of like, wow, this, this trend's really going to keep going until we get five shots from Alfred Payton. What everyone needs to hear. So we need five shots from Alfred Payton, then a quick pull. Uh, <laughs> no, I'm just messing around. <laughs> no, it was, it's, uh, it's, it's Steph solid. Curry, so, you want, now, now Alfred Payton starts shooting threes and people start yelling at me. I'm going to start like re- re- deferring to Alex. Be like, listen, man, Alex is trying to have this guy shoot threes. Yeah, right. Um, but no, like I think it's been. A, I think it was a decent week. We went two. We went two and two this pa- this past slate that we discussed. Solid week from the Knicks. Um, you know what more can you want from this team? Who that's eleven and fourteen. Uh, playing, they're playing above what we're expecting out of them. So solid week. Anyone else got anything to add on, on this past week? All right. So the, nothing else from this past week. Let's talk about this upcoming week. Go to you know have a little break and then we'll finish it up with the et cetera. So, this week, my goodness, my goodness, what do we got? We got, we got the Heat on Tuesday, so we faced the Miami Heat again. Um, we got, we're, we're away for that game. We're in Miami for that way, that game, and we're away again on Friday this week to play the Washington Wizards. Then we got a home a, a home stand on Saturday. We got the Rockets coming into town, and we're home again on Monday facing the Atlanta Hawks. So. Brendan, because you are the guest, I'm going to start with you. What you got the Knicks going this week? You can go into full detail analysis. You can give us a quick two, like you think they're going to go 
0 and 4, 1 and 3, 2 and 2, 3 and 1, 4 and 0. Uh, what do you got going for this week? What do you think? I like I like 2 and 2. I'm I'm thinking the game at Washington should be good for the Knicks. A nice two day break between Tuesday and Friday. Um, and I'm hoping there's a win at Miami on Tuesday. Uh, hard to imagine the Knicks playing much worse than they did today against Miami. So, um, <laughs> yeah, literally. Yeah. So hoping that that's a win. Um, Atlanta's been hot recently, uh, and I like the way that they're playing. Um, and then the Rockets, it's more of a toss up to me. But, um, yeah, I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a good week. It's a, it definitely an interesting schedule. Okay. All right. So you got them going two and two. So you got, uh, you got them beating who? The Heat and the Wizards? Yeah. Okay. You got them in the Heat and the Wizards and, wo- and then losing to the Rockets and Hawks? Yeah. Okay. 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 John, what do you, what do you got for this week? Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of like that. Um, I'm, I'm kind of rolling with that. I mean, usually teams split. So the Heat is kind of an easy one for me. Um, Especially on the back to back. So the fact that we lost and we kind of looked terrible. I remember I was messaging, um, Alex during the game, like, yo, Bullock is, has four threes in the first quarter. Like the, the Miami Heat have not hit a shot and they're somehow winning. Like we're going to get crushed this game. Um, so I was pleasantly surprised that we didn't get crushed, but we played terribly. Uh, I, I definitely see us pulling away and I, I don't, the thing is, if you think you guys think Drogic is going to be back, that's a good question. Because like, because like, then Jimmy Butler, like, honestly, that's an L. Give me an L on the Heat, <laughs> okay? And then, and then W versus the Wizards, W versus the Rockets. I love the Hawks too, man. But give me a W versus the Hawks and the over. Give me the over on the Hawks for sure, yo. No, <laughs> like, give me the over in that game. But yo, because honestly, here's the thing, man. If we're a defensive team, then we're supposed to shut out teams like the Hawks who are streaky shooters. Like that's the, that's that like that's the whole that's the whole idea. You know what I mean? Like I it's tough for me to shut out the Heat. Like I know we're supposed to shut out the Heat because they're shooters too, but you got guys like Jimmy Butler and I don't know. They're we're gonna be in Miami. <laughs> it's just gonna be tough. That's a t- that's a tough one. Okay, things are open. There's no COVID rules in in, in Miami. The guys are gonna go out. Like I don't know. I. That's an L for us, but what, like then you got Washington, like Russell Westbrook, no problem. And then uh, he, the Rockets are an issue, man. John Wall's an issue for us. Old Depot is going to be an issue for us, but give me that win. Give me so give me give me one L and three straight wins. Wow. Oh right. Yeah. I like that. Even though I, I don't like the, I don't I don't love the Rockets one because like <laughs> just coming back. You know what I mean? We're going to be in Washington Friday, coming back for Saturday at home on the back-to-back. That looks tough. Mm-hmm. So I'm being ambitious there. I'm, it's really going to be like loss, win, loss, win. But I'm, I'm going to go one. I'm going to go for a three and one. Okay. Okay. All right. So you got the only loss you got against the Miami Heat on Tuesday and the Knicks wing all the rest. Okay. For me, I'm probably going to take. Mm, Drogic is uh is an interesting aspect to the game because he does add a little bit more. If he's not playing, if he's there not go playing, with the Alex hedge with the Alex hedges. It is the it is a hedge. <laughs> I'm gonna give the hedge. I'm gonna give the stupid hedge. All right, because I I I agree with this. I think the Knicks are gonna beat the Wizards. I don't I don't have to dive too deep into that. I think the Knicks are gonna beat the I think the Knicks are gonna beat the Hawks. Uh, I know those. I I think I got I got those two. 
The ones I'm uh, the ones uh, the ones that I'm confer- concerned about. It's either the Miami Heat or the Houston Rockets. Those are the two that I'm like I can't I can't figure. Out. I think we can get the Heat. I actually think I ca- I think we'll come back and get the Heat. I, I think we'll get the Heat down in Miami. Uh, I think we'll split that, and I think we're actually going to lose to the Rockets because John Wall, Oladipo. It's a back. It's the second game of a back to back. I don't see us doing. Uh, I don't see us beating the Rockets. I could definitely see us beating the Wizards, but I don't see us beating the Rockets. So I'm going to go three and one this week. I got us beating Miami just to give them a little payback. We got a nice little break uh, before we play the Wizards. I can see us beating the Wizards because the Wizards don't look that good. The Hawks, as you said, John, they're streaky shooters, and we get a break after playing the Rockets. Uh, we get a day break, and I just see us losing to the Rockets. So to wrap it up, we got. Brendan going two and two this week. Uh, we got him saying we're going to beat the Heat and the Wizards and lose to the Rockets and Hawks. John's got us going three and one this week. He's got us losing to the Heat and winning the rest of the way. Going on a three game winning streak. I say we're going to beat the Heat, the Wizards, lose to the Rockets and then beat the Hawks. So that's what you got. You got two going three and one and you got one going two and two. Either way, that's still a nice, nice, Nice go for the Knicks. All right, guys. That covers it for the Knicks section of this podcast. So let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back for the et cetera. All right, everyone, and we're back from the break. So now it's time for the et cetera portion. John, take it away, my man. Man, for the et cetera today, we got some weird news coming out of the NBA uh, with this All-Star Game business. Um, usually the players are, um, the people that are the most excited for the all-star game and they make it, they make it what it is. Otherwise it's the NFL pro bowl (laughs) and we might as well be watching them play Madden. (laughs) Um, seriously, it's so bad if they're not into it. And this year, um, for reasons, I guess I'll speculate real quick. I'll, I'll speculate that they're just pissed off and they, they, they assumed all year that they weren't going to have an all-star game. So they booked vacations because the NBA did say they're allowed to go to like the U S Virgin islands. And like, they like cut out some areas they're allowed to go to. So, and, and it's almost like if you make it to the all-star game, you're being punished and you can't go on your vacation, but other, but like other players can. And I, I, I honestly, like that's my speculation. So, um, the, the news coming out is players like LeBron James are upset about this all-star game. Um, and then you have players like Giannis come out, and he says, we, we, we stand with LeBron, basically saying whatever LeBron says goes. And so if he's upset, I'm upset. Um, and they were the two players of the captains last year for the All-Star game. So uh, what do you guys make of that? And like, how do you guys feel about the All-Star game? Go ahead, Brendan. Yeah, I think it's it's a little bit much to have it this year. Um, I do think All-Star like selections are definitely important, especially just because they're used so uh prominently in hall of fame discussions um but yeah it definitely seems like like it's a stretch um in terms of need in terms of whether they should do it um that being said i will watch it and i will enjoy it but um yeah it definitely uh it definitely um seems like a little bit a little bit much um I, I am I am pleased that the voting is going on and that we'll get you know all star selections definitely uh, especially now that Randall is in the is in the mix there for the East um, but definitely uh, 
a little bit surprised at the news. For sure. And I think I think with the all-star voting, and I, I'm I'm with you, Brennan. I'm not really – I don't think it's necessary for this year. It's a shortened season, 72 games. Like, there's a lot that goes into an all-star, you know, especially guys who are involved. Um, it's the charity work down there, right? It's on top of that. You're playing – you're doing, like, the skills competition, three-point competition, dunk competition. You got, like – you got the sophomores versus the, the rookies, you know, world versus the national, whatever it is now for the young guys. So, and then you're going to have the actual game. I think it's a lot, especially since it's a shortened season. Guys are probably looking forward to that break. And I think John's also right, too, that guys were also thinking about having like a nice little vacation, taking a break during the middle of the season. Like, hey, we just did a bubble, had a short season, you know, except for the nine teams, was it, or the eight, 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 nine teams that were out of it, right? Uh, from March until uh, the start of the season again for for the nine months, um, the 18th for the nine 18th for the nine months, um, and so everyone started up again. You know, didn't really have that much of a break, and now you're asking to put on another show when at the beginning of the season it's like we're not going to do All Star, and now things are changing, and now you're asking me to be present and to go to a city that is you know not fully shut down, and we still have a pandemic that's going on. And you know guys are want to go out and do all these things and have fun. And so now you want to jeopardize the continuation of the season, especially when we already had guys who've been missing games due to COVID protocol. So I think it's a lot. I don't think it's necessary. I think that you can just, you know, as Spren pointed out, like this is it's important to have also because it goes for voting into Hall of Fame. It's also a big part in for guys getting paid and getting their next contract and stuff like that as well. So I think you should still have the voting. I think you should still give them their jersey. I still think you can acknowledge them and do whatever. Um, but I don't think we actually need that entire week. I think we can, you know, I like as Brendan, I would tune in as well, but I don't think we need it as all. So those are my thoughts on it. What about you, John? Yeah. Um, it just sucks because like the all-star game is as much as people hate it and it's very gimmicky is like my favorite part of the season. Um, besides the fact that it gives me like a break from league pass and like the NBA for a minute, and it's usually the end of the Knicks season, uh, if I'm being quite honest, um, in the last uh, decade or so. Um, it, it's, it's, so it's usually fun for me to like root for someone. We usually have like a player or two doing something. Um, if the players aren't in it, man, and then I, I just, I'm kind of, I kind of feel like Giannis. If like, if LeBron isn't in it, like into it, and like the players aren't going to be into it, like I cannot watch a dunk contest. Of players that don't care. Like, that sounds terrible. You know what I mean? So, I get why the NBA is doing it. They have contracts. Uh, they have things to fulfill with those leagues, I mean, with those teams, um, and their sponsors. I get it. Um, I get why the NBA would be pissed off about that, and the players would be annoyed. Uh, I don't know. It's just like, like the, it's corny, but like the joy from like, for example, like the New York All-Star game, like the late 90s and stuff. Like that's what I like, you know, or like the Kobe, Jordan, you know, All-Star game where they're going to overtime. Like that's what's fun about it. Like they're just having fun. You know what I mean? Like they're going up against each other, like the practice. You know what I mean? They're shooting half-court shots at practice. Then we're watching it. This, this, without those vibes, it just feels like a waste. Um, I have a feeling that they're just going to like give them all the awards and then just like cancel it. You know what I mean? Because at the end of the day, they for for contract purposes, they need an all star game. You know what I mean? For like incentives and stuff like that. So just like the NFL, where like they need it for incentives, so they'll just play Madden or whatever. 
<laughs> so I, I'm, I'm curious if they'll uh, if they'll do something like that. Yeah, it'll, be, it'll definitely be interesting to see. You know, I, I understand the whole business side of it too. So that's why there's like a lot of moving pieces. It's um, it's gonna be difficult, man. I, I still don't think that it's necessary. I think we are like I get that people also get paid. Like you have people who are staffed at these arenas that also get paid when you have something going on down there. But at the same time, you're also putting people at risk. So it's it's gonna be interesting to see how this turns out. Um, you know, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, but um, the day this podcast comes out, as our tradition, we go over our uh, TNT primetime games. Um, so besides the Knicks heat on Tuesday night, which is obviously going to be the number one sh- televised show, right? Ask uh, Nets fan daily or whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Nets Dale or the hell that stupid thing is called. Um, anyway, <laughs> we, got, uh, we got Rockets Pelicans. Um, on that Tuesday, a little bit of a warm-up uh, for us to watch uh, that game. I think it's a really interesting game. They're kind of matched up the same. Um, I, I'm, I'm curious to see Boogie versus uh, the Pelicans. That's a nice matchup for me. Um, also, mm-hmm. Ingram against the Rockets. That's going to be fun. Also, John Wall against the point guards, against the Pelicans. Like that, those. It, that's actually a really fun game. I'll, I'll be uh, flipping to that as much as I can um, during the... Um, during the Knicks breaks, but honestly, I like the Rockets in this game, dude. I really like what I've seen from the Rockets. I know Christian Wood is hurt, uh, so that sucks. Um, so they're probably going to look uh, way tough about it, but the Pelicans are a little weird right now. I know J.J. Redick is throwing off um, the culture a little bit there. Um, he's From day one, he was not happy. He's like, dude, I feel like I'm a rookie again. <laughs> so like things are a little off over there. Lonzo obviously not fitting in. Um, they're trying to run this offense through Zion, who's brand new. So it's gonna be an interesting game. I kind of, I, li- I really like the Rockets in this game. I really like John Wall. I think he's gonna, I think he's gonna blow up on prime time. What do you guys think? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm, I'm very intrigued to watch the Pelicans play. I want to see how they are, they actually perform. I know they haven't been doing too well. I haven't gotten a chance to really look at them. I, I've caught a couple Houston games, so I'm actually intrigued to see how they perform. I. Probably going to give the, I'm definitely going to give the edge to Houston, uh, beating the New Orleans Pelicans. I think they're the better team. Something's definitely not chilling down there in New Orleans. And I'm looking forward to like catching hopefully the end of this game after the Knicks game, after the Knicks beat the Miami Heat. So, um, yeah, I'm putting that energy out there. So, ooh, uh, I, I think, you know, I think, I think the Rockets are going to win this one. Brendan, what are you, what are you feeling? Yeah, it's interesting that these are two teams that we discussed just in kind of trade rumors. Um, definitely a lot of implications on the line. Um, and it's, it's funny. I find that the Pelicans have a little more direction than the Rockets just because they have Zion, but the Rockets have just kind of been performing better this year. Um, which is, has come as a little bit of a surprise to me given all the turmoil with Harden and whatnot and the, the turnover on that roster. But I definitely uh, am going to give the edge to them as well. Any chance to get to watch Zion on on national TV, that was always fun. So excited for that one too. Cool, cool, yeah. Um, sheesh, Rockets Pelicans. I mean, like it, it that that's feels like such a terrible game. Well, like I love the NBA <laughs> this year, man. I love the NBA. Like that's such a good game for me. Like I'm I'm excited Sounds- to watch that. It sounds like a disgusting game, but it actually isn't. <laughs> yeah, this feels like the entire every time I go through the league pass, I'm like, oh, 
who would want to watch this game? I'm like, oh, me. And, and honestly, a, a second one like that, which we would never really think, is Jazz versus Boston. Like, that's a really good game right now. Jazz, like, they're acting like they're the best team in the West because they have the record to show it. And Boston thinks they're the best team in the East, and they don't have the record to show it. So it's, it's honestly, that's a really good matchup, and I'm actually really intrigued by that. What do you got? How do you guys think that one's going to play out? I'm super excited up? for it. Go ahead. Sorry, yeah, I'm super excited for it. Jazz, best record in the West, best record in the league. Um, they've been on fire. They do this every year where they go on a big <laughs> yep. run. Uh, yep. It's always fun to watch them play during it because they just are clicking on all cylinders. Um, and and they are – I finally feel like we are seeing what we expected to see when they put together such a stacked roster last year. Now everyone's, you know, calmed down from injuries. Um, they're, they definitely are clicking. They're gelling well. Uh, and Boston has been, has been fun lately too. Um, they're kind of plugging along, having a really effective season. And I've, you know, this is, you know, not a hot take or anything, but I am, I've been shocked and, and so pleasantly surprised about how, uh, Jalen Brown is playing this year. Um, just dude is, is playing a complete and thorough game every night, uh, defensively commanding such a bigger portion of the offense than he used to. Um, and those teams are just kind of fun teams there, you know, Teams that I always love to watch, not necessarily who I would, I don't think it's like a finals preview or anything necessarily, but definitely going to be two teams that will be watching late into the season this year. For sure. Absolutely. I think, Brennan, you, you summed it up perfectly. Like, Jazz doing what they always do. Here we come. Clicking on all cylinders. I actually like the Jazz this year. They're, they're a very good team. Um, I think this is the best that we've probably seen them in, like, even through their stretch, like the early Donovan Mitchell years, uh, Connolly now settling in and playing how he's supposed to it is definitely is definitely what's up. And then, Ricky uh, Rubio effect. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, it really is. Once you have a point guard that knows what they're doing, and especially for him, like he can actually score on like Rubio, who's just more of a facilitator and uh, you know floor guy in the game. Connolly does a little bit more than well, does not just a little bit more, does more than that. Um, but Boston's playing well too. Boston's a, is a fun team. Jalen Brown, you know, gave him that contract last year. It's like, really? You give this guy the contract? Then he performed last year and you're like, wow, how much more can he get? And then you watch him this year, you're like, okay, he is not done yet. Um, so it's fun watching them and him and Tatum, two dynamic wings, fun to watch. It's going to be a good matchup. They are playing in Utah. So I'm probably going to give, the, I'm definitely going to give the edge to Utah on this matchup. Um, uh, yeah, that, that's what I got. It's gonna be a fun game, though. So I'll definitely be tuning this. Uh, I'm turning this one on uh, after the Knicks and uh, and the Heat. Well, of course, you're the Boston guy. No, uh, don't say it like that. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I actually, I think it, I think it's really interesting um, about Boston is they're struggling with their big men, even though they just got Tristan Thompson. Um, like Tice isn't really doing it, you know. I, I don't know. Like I, I, I feel like Gobert is, is actually gonna have their way with them. But at the same time, like the Boston coaching staff is a type of staff to be able to game plan around and like just completely annihilate, like uh, get um, Gobert off his game, and then like kind of double team, you know, Mitchell, you know, or like shut him down with like Jalen Brown or Tatum or something like that, and then like. Have Joe Ingles have to win the game. You know what I mean? Like that's or like you know, or Conley. That's such a Boston move. 
Yeah? No, it sounds like something that Brad Stevens would do. You sure you're not working with Brad Stevens? Yeah, play well. <laughs> like, I don't know. I did, like, that, this to me feels like a Boston game. This feels like a, a Boston W primetime, show up, like, and, and like show out. Well, Meet the best team in the league. You proved me wrong last week because they did beat the Warriors. And I, the Warriors were home, and I was like, ah, oh, this is going to be a good one. So let's see if you're right again. Let's see if you're right again, John. All right, so I got, I got, I got, Rockets, I got Rockets in Boston. What do you got? The, uh, we, I think we both got uh, Utah and uh, yeah, Utah and uh, Rockets. Yeah. Okay, so we're all on the Rockets. Okay, cool. We're all on the Rockets. But I'm, I'm on the Jazz. Two. And I'm on, I'm on, I'm on Boston, uh, unfortunately. On Boston. I'm sorry. There you go. Well, Alex there is wearing go. green. Alex is wearing green, and, he, and he's, he's in Boston. So maybe that's what's, okay. maybe that's what's changing everything it's for It's green me. and white, bro. It's the Jets. We're getting Deshaun the only thing, uh, I forgot, Brendan said someone was 25 years old. I just wanted to scream out, so is Deshaun Watson. <laughs> I, forgot, I, forgot, I forgot what we were talking about. I say, yeah, man, that wraps I, it up. I love, how I, say, I love how you say green and white, I say Deshaun Watson, you get all tongue twisted. You're like, oh, don't even, because it's too much. I'm talking about training Sam Darnold. I'm too flustered. The Super Bowl's in like 10 minutes. I'm flustered, man. So many prop bets going on. Things are happening. Brendan, who you got in Super Bowl? I'm taking the Chiefs. I think the Chiefs are going to take it, but I am okay. really excited. This is this was uh, the definitely the matchup I wanted to see uh, after the championship rounds. So I'm pretty I'm pretty jacked for it. Yeah, me too. Oh, me, right. me too. And uh, hopefully my wallet will be jacked after and not uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> depleted. <laughs> nice, nice. Yeah, I think that wraps it up, right, John? Yeah, man, that's it for me, dude. All right. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, thank you for coming on, Brandon. Uh, it was nice to meet you, man. Uh, we're, we always interact and stuff on, um, on the tweet tweet, as Bard Scott calls it. Uh, but also, like, we, we're always, like, uh, reading your articles and talking about them on the pod and stuff. So uh, it's, it's, it's uh, nice to meet you, dude. Yeah, really appreciate you guys having me on. It was a blast. Brandon, thank you for coming through. Uh, and as always, since you are our guest, man, please let the people know where they can find you. Yeah, it's um, at Campbell underscore soup three on Twitter. Um, and you can read my stuff on the com. Got some features going up probably, you know, once a week, once every two weeks, that sort of thing. Um, so be sure to check it out. Awesome. You got anything coming up this week? Anything we Nothing should be on the lookout for? Nothing this week. Right. Just going to dive back into the games a little. All right. Awesome. Well, anyone who hasn't checked out the most recent one on the Knicks defense, Make sure to go do that at the Knicks Wall, as Brendan said. And everyone, thank you for tuning in for another episode of the Knicks Jets, etc. podcast, another Knicks episode in the book. Please make sure to fi- give us a five-star rating if you listen to this on Apple Podcasts. Uh, we are available on all audio platforms, whether it's Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Overcast, you name it, we're there. Also, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms. We are on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, Knicks, comma, Jets, comma, etc. ETC, not the long form, please. People ask about that. I don't know why you're all asking about that. That is wild once again. No one's writing the long form, okay? No one's writing the long form. All right, everyone. Catch you later for catch you later this week for another Jets episode. Let's go, Knicks. <laughs> <laughs>